A promotional fee has been paid by the sponsor of this program for its editorial content. Statements, views, and beliefs expressed by the sponsor do not reflect those of WOKV or Cox Media Group. In the House with Ken and Jared is brought to you by Universal Roof and Contracting. Our Ask the Expert weekend continues with In the House with Ken and Jared. For all your questions on roofing, siding, and home improvement, call 340-1045. Ken and Jared at Universal Roof are ready to answer your questions. In the House on News 1045 WOKV. Hey, hey, welcome. That's right. In the house with Ken and Jared, your home improvement questions are answered here. Hi, my name is Jared Mellick. Sometimes sitting next to me is my father, Ken. Not as much recently as uh, as before, but uh, in fact, we may just change the show to In the House with Jared. When there's Ken and Jared, it just sounds so much better. Welcome to the show. Your home improvement questions I love to answer. I own a business that's called Universal Roof and Contracting, and throughout the week, we help people with their roofing, siding, or window needs, and then I come in and answer your home improvement questions. Now, um, just because I only do roofing, siding, windows doesn't mean that I can't answer other questions. I'm actually a licensed contractor in the state of Florida. I have uh, four state licenses. Um, I'm a state-certified residential contractor, a state-certified building contractor, a state-certified general contractor, and then a state-certified roofing contractor. So I've been around construction my entire life, um, and um, uh, I have experience in kitchens, baths, remodels, additions, um, um, electrical. I do all kinds of uh, uh, stuff uh, personally, and um, uh, but here in uh, Jacksonville, I only do uh, roofing, siding, and windows, but I can answer your home improvement questions uh, about almost anything. Uh, so uh, you can call with the those. Number to dial is 340-1045. Again, 340-1045 with your home improvement questions. Now, uh, I do have some stuff on my talk agenda that I want to get to today, but um, uh, the best part of this show is not me. Let's face it. It is you, our great listener, and I'd be honored to talk to you today to answer your home improvement questions. Uh, again, the number to dial 340-1045. So if you want to email me a question, uh, let's say that you actually want to attach a photo to it or something, uh, uh, or you don't like the sound of your voice on the radio, uh, then you can just email it. You can do that, questions at universalroofjacks.com. Again, questions at universalroofjacks.com. Uh, we do have some uh, some stuff on our talk agenda. In fact, if you go to our website, inthehouseshow.com, there is a, um, a poll question for today. Uh, and uh, there are uh, four photos of a electrical outlet that is wired. And then you decide which one you think is right. Which of those four do you think it's right? I'm testing the electrical knowledge of our listeners. I want to see... Who gets it right and who doesn't? And then we'll let you know which one is correct here in the next month. Uh, but uh, is it number one, number two, number three, number four? Uh, go to inthehouseshow.com, click on the poll question, and uh, f see if you can figure out which electrical outlet is wired correctly. And while you're there, you can take a look at our um, – 
different stuff that we have on our website in the house show.com uh, there's product reviews in fact it's uh, if you uh, are getting last minute uh, uh, Christmas gifts there's the uh, holiday gift guide for that uh, man in your life uh, and uh, Josh Smith our executive producer uh, has his uh, holiday uh, gifts uh, last minute uh, holiday gift guide that you can check out uh, in our blog uh, but uh, check out our website in the house show.com. All right, let's go straight to the phones. Let's talk to Tom in St. Augustine. How are you doing this morning, Tom? I'm doing pretty good. How can I help you? Well, I've been hearing about, I've got a 1925 uh, structure in St. Augustine that I live in, and it's got vinyl siding on it that's falling apart. Need to replace it. I understand that that's one of your specialties, but I've also been hearing these ads on the radio for Rhino Shield. Yes, sir. And I would like to hear your opinion of it and uh, the pros and cons of each. Sure. So, um, uh, Rhino Shield, um, I'm not going to pick specifically on Rhino Shield. There's a bunch of exterior coatings, right? Uh, and so some, they say, uh, are paint. Uh, some say they're uh, some sort of ceramic coating, and then there's uh, uh, other types of coatings. Uh, understand with a coating system, a coating system is only as good as what it is adhered to. The thing that I like about the coatings is that they are going to typically do more preparation to the surface before they install them than, let's say, just a regular paint job. So, for example, let's say you hire a painter. A lot of times he's going to pressure wash it, uh, replace any rot, and then he's going to do um, you know, a primer and then a top coat or maybe two top coats. Uh, the good thing about a lot of those coating systems is that they charge you a buttload of money, and so because of that, they take more time. Time in the preparation, and preparation is the key uh, to a good uh, coating or paint job. Um, the coating is, though, a, not a replacement for a good surface. Uh, I would do, if I have a home that has wood siding on it, uh, no matter how good the coating is, the siding will rot. It's wood. It's exposed to the elements. It's going to dry. It's going to crack. It's going to deteriorate. And so I'm a huge fan of Hardy siding. Uh, um, Hardy is personally what I would use on my home. Uh, it's a cement fiber material instead of wood. Um, and so it uh, doesn't rot the way that wood does. Uh, and so I personally uh, am a big fan of, uh, of Hardy. Now, if your wood siding is in good shape and there's no, you don't have those cracks or deterioration, uh, then you can do uh, either a paint or some type of coating system. Uh, in general, I typically don't use the the expensive coatings because I think that you can you can repaint multiple times for what it cost to do the coatings. And there's no such thing as lifetime when it comes to a coating. It will have to be redone over time. And so um, so hopefully that answers the question. And nothing against Rhino Shield specifically. Uh, it's just that in general with the coatings, I personally am not a big fan based on how much they cost. Okay, all that makes good sense. Now, I have a commercial structure in another town, and I have the Hardy siding on it. And one of the things I really don't like about it is the gaps. They, they, it just never goes on as smooth or stays as smooth looking as any of the sightings. Hmm. 
uh, you know, the, I'm sorry, the vinyl or the aluminum siding. It's just the gaps between them. It tends to warp, and, and, and it just looks ugly to me. Has sure. there been improvements that I'm not aware of in the last 10 years to, to fix Oh, that? yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So if we look at, at, um, uh, well, first of all, I'd, I'd make sure that one, that it was, that it was hardy. There are a couple other brands of, of cement fiber siding. And secondly, the, um, the, uh, cement fiber is not something that, that has, that has been around for hundreds of years, right? Um, and so, uh, the, the originator of, of fiber cement siding is James Hardy Corporation, but they were actually, they made asbestos materials. And then once it was discovered that asbestos was, uh, um, uh, broke down over time and caused, uh, lung issues and things like that, asbestos was, was no longer being used and was outlawed. So they had to come up with a different material for X exterior products other than asbestos and so they came up with a with cement fiber and they've been perfecting that over the years so the cement fiber that you would find 20 years ago is not the same as the cement fiber that you would find today they've improved on the process now also the whatever material you have when it comes to the waviness or things like that, it's only as flat as what it is adhered to. So the requirements 10, 15 years ago uh, for the substrate um, uh, are were different than what they are today. Today we want to make sure – a lot of times we have to fur out walls or we have to do solid sheathing to make sure that it's a nice smooth surface that we're installing it to. And then the installation matters, how well it is installed um, – uh, is dependent on the installer that's actually putting it on. And so, uh, so, you know, we've come a long way in, in installation methods today from what it was 10, 15 years ago. So, um, so I, you know, again, I actually do vinyl, I do wood, I do aluminum, and I do hardy. So at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt my feelings either way. I, I'm certified with most of the manufacturers, so it doesn't really matter to me. My personal house, I would use hardy, but but it's much better today than it's than it's ever been. Okay, that's real helpful, and uh, I love your show. It's my favorite on WOKV. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate it. You must not you must not listen much because there's some really good shows <laughs> on WOKV. So thank you for the compliment. But I'm not even my favorite show on WOKV. So, <laughs> but thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, if you want to take his line, it's uh, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045 to call with your home improvement questions. All right, do I have time to take another call before we take a break? All right, let's go to Brian on the west side. Uh, Brian, you're in the house. How can I help you? I'm doing good. Um, I actually just have a question. I'm putting an addition on the back of my house, and I'm, I pulled the electrical permits uh -huh. uh, and other permits as well, but uh, – the question I have is for, uh, I have told by the electrician that he had to put the panel in and um, the wire going obviously to the meter uh, had to be him. But from what I understood when I talked to the inspector downtown, uh, it was I could put the panel in and all the breakers and, and run all the wires, and then he had to come and put the service in from that point on because we're updating to a 200-amp service. And so I was just trying to get some clarity 
on that. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, as a um, as a homeowner, you are allowed to be be an owner to be an owner builder, uh, and you are allowed meaning whether it's a new construction or it's a retrofit, you're allowed to do any projects around your house that a, that a contractor is allowed to do, but you just have to follow the same rules that the contractor has to follow. So um, so. There, but it needs to be clear who is doing what, and if you are hiring somebody to do something and it's a licensed trade, for example, electrical, plumbing, roofing, then if you're hiring somebody, that person has to be licensed. Now, if that person is pulling that portion of the permit, then you have to – then that person is responsible for that part of the permit. You understand what I mean? So yep. therefore, if the electrician is pulling the electrical permit, then he's responsible for all the electrical work. And so if he's not comfortable with you doing that part of the work, then obviously he wouldn't be comfortable with pulling the permit. However, if you pull the electrical permit, then you can do any of that electrical work. Now, the service part of it, taking it the, the power from the, from the pole or from the, from the electric company, connecting it to the house, that part I definitely for sure would recommend to have an electrician do it. So yep. – um, so probably what he's saying is, hey, if I'm pulling the permit, I'm doing the work is probably yeah. what he's saying. And so um, – which I get. Like if I – for example, if I'm pulling the roofing permit, I'm not going to let you do part of the roof because I'm responsible for the whole thing no matter what. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so – yeah, so if you're pulling the permit, you can do the work, and then if you want, you can have him just do the the actual service part of it. Yeah. Sounds so. good. All right, thanks, brother. Good luck with that project. Yep. Uh, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, we've got uh, Jerry has a question about metal roofing. we got uh, somebody uh, replacing the roof by themselves, venting, all kinds of great stuff. You're listening to In the House. We'll be right back. A promotional fee has been paid by the sponsor of this program for its editorial content. Statements, views, and beliefs expressed by the sponsor do not reflect those of WOKV or Cox Media Group. Welcome back in the house with Ken and Jared. Your home improvement questions are answered. Number to dial is 340-1045, Let's go to Debbie in Arlington. Debbie, you're in the house. How can I help you today? Hi. Hi there. Um, we're actually working on um, doing our own roof. So we've run into some situations that we weren't expecting, of course. <laughs> sure. Um, it's our older house, and it had a room addition on the back end of it. And we discovered as we were taking down some ceiling tiles in the living room that there's actually two roofs over oh, the addition. Okay. So there's um, a flat roof that evidently was done with the boards, and evidently um, it leaked because it was flat and they didn't put an angle on it. So okay. there's rotted wood there. And then when they discovered that, evidently they decided to put a pitched roof over the top of that, and they didn't tear off the old roof at all. So there's literally two full roofs on it. Yeah. Um, how would you recommend us going about um, tearing that off? I mean, would you recommend we leave the one under the bottom, or do we really need to tear both completely off and start from scratch? Sure. So the wood rot that's on the lower roof, the flat roof, is it the the actual structural members that are rotted, or is it just the plywood, or or 
it's how actually much done with there? boards. It's no it's no plywood. It's actually a board roof where they okay. laid the um, the boards there. Yep. And then the second roof is plywood, but actually both of them are rotted. There's some plywood on the top that are rotted, so we have water leaks. And then there's the um, uh, the boards under the bottom ones that it's rot from the top one leaking and rot coming down on the bottom one. It's leaked through both of them. Sure. And now, are are you pulling a permit? On, have you pulled a permit on this? No. Okay. So, um, I was told a permit wasn't required if you did your own roof. Nope, that's wrong. No permit oh. is. Yeah, yeah, permit is required. Um, so, uh, yeah, anytime you replace a roof, whether it's a contractor that does it or whether you do it yourself, uh, a permit is required. Uh, and so, I would, re- even though you're only you're partway through this, I would recommend going to the municipality that you're in and uh-huh. and get and pulling a permit. Um, you only know when you know. You you just found out that a permit's required, and the, the reason why I ask is because the building per- department is really helpful, especially for owner builders or people who are doing work themselves. You're allowed to do work on your house. Uh, you just have to follow the same rules that a, that a roofer has to follow or a contractor has to follow. So I, I would recommend that you go ahead and, and go get a permit because they're going to help you through this process. So that's the first thing. Secondly, in general, I would say that you don't need to tear off the lower roof. You only need to tear off the top roof. Um, the structural part of this, of this lower roof is the part that concerns me because the, the weight of the upper roof is going to be sitting on the lower roof. If that lower roof is not structurally sound, then you can have sagging and you can have problems later on where that upper roof is actually going to, you know, could possibly fall through or sag as a result of the structure not being solid on that lower roof. So you may need to add some additional supports on that lower roof. You may need to uh, put some new wood next to the existing supports. Um, um, uh, to just to make sure that it is structurally sound and get rid of some of that rot that's in that lower roof. And now, that's what I think um, they did when they did it. They did it wrong. They didn't put enough support there to start with because we do have on the interior, if you're standing in there, you can see they left some exposed beams um, in there to give it the wood look. And one of those is actually you can see where it's crooked and kind of sagging a little bit yeah and and that's my fear is that some of that wood up there already rotten and we're going to have to replace it for sure um and and i didn't know about the permit thing and we actually finished another house already we we had two house projects my sons and my daughters um and we successfully completed one and now we've moved on to the second one Yeah, I would, I mean, it is what it is. I, you know, I would, for this one, it's open, it's in process, so I would pull a permit on this one. Where the, where the problem comes into play is if you, if you, when you try to get homeowner's insurance or you try to sell your home, homeowner's insurance is going to require today that the roof be of, of useful life. And if you don't have proof, meaning a permit of when the work was done, then that can make it where you don't get where it's hard to get insurance as a result or when you go to sell the home. So okay. hold on one second. There's more I want to chat about here, and, and I've got to take a break. Um, but hold on one second, Debbie. All right, you're listening to In the House on News 104.5 WOKV. Promotional fee has been paid by the sponsor of this program for its editorial content. Statements, views, and beliefs expressed by the sponsor do not reflect those of WOKV or Cox Media Group. 
Expert Weekend continues with In the House with Ken and Jared. For all your questions on roofing, siding, and home improvement, call 340-1045. Ken and Jared at Universal Roof are ready to answer your questions. In the House on News 1045 WOKV. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. That's right, in the house of Ken and Jared. Your home improvement questions are answered here. Number to dial, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. Uh, before the break, we were talking to... I don't even know if I want to say her name. I'll say her name. To Debbie. Uh, and uh, she was uh, talking about uh, um, doing a project around her house, uh, doing some uh, some roofing work. And there's two sections of roof. Uh, they laid one roof over the other, uh, reframed one. And uh, we were talking about whether a permit was required and, and a number of things. We ended up losing uh, losing Debbie. But um so Debbie, if you want to call back, uh, then that would be that would be fine. Uh, uh, but let me just say a couple more things about it, uh, Debbie. If you want to call my office, um, I don't mind sending one of my guys out to take a look at it and and help you through that. Uh, we wouldn't charge anything to do that. Uh, just have one of my guys come out and we can look at it and give you some advice. Or if you want to email me um, a, a few photos of the wood rot uh, to questions. Uh, at universalroofjacks.com. Uh, I can look at the photos and kind of tell you uh, structurally how concerned uh, I would be and whether or not that top roof uh, needs to completely come off the structure of it. Um, my other concern with that top roof is the pitch of it. Many times uh, it's not pitched correctly, and so it, shingles can only be used if it has a 212 slope and greater. And how you measure slope is what's called rise over run. Uh, so if you measure ha- uh, for every 12 inches that it travels horizontally, how many inches does it rise vertically? Um, and you can either do that with a level and a tape measure, or you can just go to the home improvement store and get a what's called a clinometer or pitch meter. Uh, and that'll tell you what the rise over run is. If it's less than two, you can't have shingles on it. If it's two to just under four, there's special underlayment requirements, uh, meaning that um, there's a, a membrane material that has to go underneath of the shingles. And then if it's four and above, just a regular underlayment, a regular felt will be fine. So. There's a bunch more that I wanted to chat with you, and if you want to call me off the air as well, uh, then I'm fine with that. If you just call the office or if you email me, it's probably the best way, questions at universalroofjacks.com. Uh, so uh, good luck with that, Debbie, and if there's anything I can help you out with, uh, including sending one of our guys out there to take a look at it. Again, we'll just do that for free and, and just to kind of help you through that process. But uh, for those of you listening, um, you want to make sure that that you get – good advice on whether or not a permit is required prior to doing some work. And and if the question is, is a permit required, most of the time the answer is yes. The, uh, not for painting and, and uh, you know, decorative style stuff, but if for most things a permit is required. And, and the, I find that the local municipalities are usually really good at being helpful with that stuff. If you just call them and say, hey, listen, I'm thinking about 
doing this is a is a permit required and and they'll help you through that process and I find that most of the municipalities are are great about helping through the process the the inspectors are usually really nice uh, and um and, and really will help so um uh, so Good luck with those projects. All right, let's go to Jerry in Arlington. Uh, Jerry, you are in the house. Thanks for holding on so long, brother. I, I really appreciate it. Okay. Now, first thing, you went through your phone number too fast for me. I got okay. 647. What's the rest of it? Um, yeah, sorry about that. I, I have a tendency to talk fast. and well, I, I need that number. 647 what? 3907. 3907. Okay. I just want that. Okay. I am in need of replacing the roof on my house. Mm-hmm. It's a shingle roof, and I'm thinking about doing a metal roof. Do you do metal? Yes, we do. Okay. And you give free estimates, is that correct? Yes, we do. Yep, we sure do. Okay, so I can call this number and set up an appointment with your uh, company to come out and look at the uh, roof? Yep. Yep, I have uh, people in the office today, so if you call the office, then they'll set up a time for one of our estimators to come out there and take a look at it. And and just to talk in general about metal, um, I can, you know, just because we're talking, we might as well chat a little bit. Um, the I love metal roofs. I think metal roofs are a great option. Uh, metal in general is, is more expensive than shingles, mm-hmm. uh, but it also lasts longer. Um, I w- the thing that I will – there are different types of metal roofs, mm-hmm. and, and the thing that I would – my personal opinion is I'm not a big fan of metal roofs that use exposed fasteners. So one of the most common of metal roofs that we see is um, – uh, it's called a 5V panel. It's where uh, the it's kind of a ribbed panel, and then you use an exposed fastener that actually screws through the panel and then goes down into the wood. Uh, and then it has a neoprene washer on it. The problem with those is that you're taking a, a great material, the metal, and then you're putting thousands of holes in it. And so I... I'm not a, personally not a big fan of that style. Now, there's other types, like, for example, what's called a standing seam panel or closed seam panel, and that's where the fasteners are hidden. They're actually covered over by the next panel. Okay. That is a much better option. Now, it's a little bit more expensive, but it's a much better option. And, and then crimp one panel on top of the other panel? Yeah, there's a there's actually there's a hidden fastener system, and depending on the type of panel, it's it's hidden okay. in different ways. But right. many there's like a bracket that connects them, and many there's like a flange that sticks out. That's and then the next panel goes over the top. So there's a, a number of different ways to install okay. it, but it's it's a non-exposed fastener panel, or what's called a standing seam panel. And then there's also metal roofs designed to look like tile, or there's metal roofs designed to look like slate. And so um, there's a lot of different styles of panel. But in general, I'm going to break it down to two categories, exposed fastener and non-exposed fastener. And I way, way like the non-exposed fastener way better. Okay. And I I see your panels have some different styles to them because most of what I see around my area is like that I call tobacco farm Barns, you know, straight. Uh, Something with a design on does help to break the austerity of a panel. It does, and and there's certain houses where where some you know the the basic you know um, panels are fine, but but most houses I prefer a more decorative style, and so. 
so there's a bunch of different options, and, and my technicians, my estimators, when they come out and take a look at it, they'll give you a few different options okay. of, of different ones. They'll bring you samples, and then you can make a decision on it. Okay, well, I have to do this after Christmas. You know, you kind of oh, yeah, 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 that's fine. Snowed under right now. But the first of the year, I'll give your office a call. Uh, but you do say you have some people in your office uh, now? Yeah, if you wanted to call now and, and go ahead and schedule that for, you know, in a few weeks or a month or whenever you do, whenever you want to do it. Yeah. But I've got I've got people in my office right now answering the phones. Well, uh, I think next kind of next week. No, it's kind of next week. Just kind of out. I think <laughs> next couple of weeks. Okay, but I got your number at six four seven three nine zero seven. That's correct. Okay. All right. Well, you answered a lot of my questions for me, and um, I'm just going to have to get in touch with you people and get an estimate. Sounds good. Thank, thanks, Jerry. appreciate your call this morning. Okay, bye-bye. All right, if you want to take his line, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045 with your home improvement questions. All right, let's go to Karen in Mandarin. How are you doing today, Karen? I'm fine, thank you. I've uh, had to replace all of my wood floors. I'm in a 40-year-old development in Mandarin, and the water table is so high now I'm concerned that the next step could be seeping into the walls. Is there anything I can do to take a next step to prevent that? And you said four-year-old? Forty. Forty-year-old. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Because um, my suggestion is different when it's four years old and 40 years old. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, – for a four-year-old, I would want you to contact the builder immediately. Forty-year-old, uh, you may not be able to get a hold of that builder. So, uh, so um, it, is it a slab on grade um, uh, floor? In other words, is it a concrete slab, uh, uh, not raised and even, uh, pretty much even with the ground outside? That is correct. You know, we had to pull it all up. We were looking initially for any kind of breakage or anything, but there was many. They just, um, I've had several inspectors out who said that there's no leaks. It's just the water table. Okay. Well, we still want to stop the water intrusion as much as possible. So there's a few different things that I would personally do if that were, um, if that were my home. Uh, one is, is I would want to make sure that the, uh, that I'm, that the grading is good in that area, as good as possible. So I actually would have a tendency to make sure that the, the outside yard is graded away from the home as much as possible. We want to get as much of the water away from the home as as possible uh, through regrading or through some sort of um, a French drain system. Uh, many I, times I actually have two sump pumps. I installed a system around the house with eight drains and a pump great. that drains out to the street about three years ago. Great. Okay, that's good. That's a great option. Um, and so the problem with the sub pump option is that the you know the power goes out or many times those sub pumps uh, don't um, uh, will stop working. So you just have to make sure that you you do the maintenance on those. Check them uh, often just to make sure that they're working properly. And then I. I would do some sort of waterproofing to the interior of the slab um, as uh, uh, before putting down any additional flooring. Uh, and there's a number of different um, products uh, that I've seen used in the past. Most of the time, it's stuff that's designed for um, for basements up north. They uh, did do that. 
Okay. They did do that, but they said it wouldn't protect the walls at all. It would only protect the floors. And yep. So that's the floor option. That's the first part of the discussion. The second part is is that the the most common area where the water will come in is the transition between the slab and is it a block home or wood frame home? A uh, wood frame with brick out uh, facing. With a brick veneer. Okay. <laughs> so. So um, basically what we would want to do is dig down all the way along the outside of the home, and you want to do a, a waterproofing material, usually a fabric-reinforced waterproofing material, at, from the bottom of the slab up about six inches into where the, where the brick uh, – into where the brick is um, – uh, so that that way, above the ground level, you have waterproofing uh, that is there. Now, again, you want to use the same style uh, of a um, uh, like we do with basements up north, uh, waterproofing material. Uh, I like one. It's made by a company called Hydrostop, and it's called Barrier Guard. Hydrostop Barrier Guard. Which actually, Hydrostop was bought out by uh, GAF earlier this year, uh, but they still make the product. It's called Barrier Guard by Hydrostop. Um, that would be a good uh, option to keep the water from coming in the outside. Now, the the thing that you have to be concerned about is is that the brick is not waterproof by itself. So usually there's a weep, weeping area down at the bottom uh, to allow any water that gets behind the brick to come out. So, uh, so that would have to be addressed by whatever contractor did that uh, through some sort of flashing or some sort of weeping uh, area down at the bottom so that that way any water that gets behind the brick can actually drain out. And it would be a good idea to waterproof the brick as well just with a clear sealant. Um, Geocell makes one that's pretty good and Hydrostop makes uh, the same company that I mentioned earlier uh, makes one called uh, ClearGuard Plus. Uh, which is a which is a good clear waterproofing spray on sealant uh, that'll help uh, water from getting in the surface of the brick and the mortar joints uh, itself, um, which will help with a with a weeping down at the bottom. So, those are the things that I would do in that scenario, um, uh, because otherwise, you know the. If it's the water table that is the issue, the only way to uh, to not have that issue anymore is to raise the house, which when it's on a slab is very, very hard to do. So um, uh, so that's what I would suggest is, is everything that I just said. That sounds terrific, and you have no idea how many people I've asked. It's a, I've gotten a really good answer for the first time. Does your company do that? Uh, we do not. Um, no, we do not. Um, so I, I can help you in any way by answering questions, but, but that particular work we don't do. All right. Um, if I call your office, would you perhaps know someone you could um, refer me to? Uh, possibly. Call the office, or if you want to email me, just do questions uh -huh. at universalroofjacks.com. Okay. And um, uh, and I might have somebody that I can refer. I'll I'll call them and see if they if they do the uh, that work and and I'll let you know. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for your question, Karen. I appreciate it.
All right, that music means we need to take a break. It's the final segment coming up next to, for me to answer your home improvement questions. If you have one, just give me a call right now, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. You're listening in the house on News 1045 WOKV. A promotional fee has been paid by the sponsor of this program for its editorial content. Statements, views, and beliefs expressed by the sponsor do not reflect those of WOKV or Cox Media Group. Welcome back. Final segment this week's In the House with Ken and Jared. Last chance to call, 340-1045. If you miss any part of the show, you can uh, go to our website, inthehouseshow.com, listen to it again. And then also, um, if uh, you can't get through and want to email me a question, you can do that, questions at universalroofjacks.com. All right, let's go to Marshall at the beaches. Uh, Marshall, you're in the house. How can I help you? Yes, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks, man. Um, I've had my, uh, uh there, there was a, uh, uh, let's see, last year, there was a company in my neighborhood going through trying to re- replace roofs on people's homes that said we had wind damage. Right. Storm damage. Yep. So I called my insurance company and they sent out a guy. Sent out one of their, I guess, guys from the insurance company. And he just pointed out one little spot on my roof that I said, you know, like patch with patch. Uh, roof packs or something like that, so like a tar-based stuff. Right. So I fixed that, but I've noticed that a lot of houses in my neighborhood, the roofs, they, they replaced their roofs already. Sure. And I mean, most of them just about this, you know, 1998 when we built ours. So I was just wondering, in fact, that the insurance company was just trying to, to hold me off from... Uh, uh, Doing a roof claim or anything like that? Sure. Yeah. And I, well, first of all, there's no sort of uh, like roof patch that works. Um, so if if you have a like, let's say that the, uh, wind blew off a shingle, the minimum that would need to be done is that shingle be replaced. But the thing that we find with a roof, let's say that's you know from 1998, is um, you know, because that's, you know, what, 17 years old or something like that now, right. Um, right. is that many times it's so brittle that you can't separate one shingle from another without damaging the shingle that it's connected to. So many times the roof has to be replaced even just because of one wind-damaged shingle. So yeah, I, mean, I don't have any, any shingles that are, that are missing or anything. I, it, was the, uh, it was around the dip. Okay. I needed to uh, tar that area. I see. Well, um, have us come take a look at it. We look at it for free, and then we'll tell you really, is the insurance company telling you right the right thing, or are they not? I mean, and we'll tell you right off the bat. If, uh, if... If they're right and all it needed was some sealant, then you should be fine. I mean, that's still pretty young for a roof. 17 years old is still pretty young. Um, and so uh, it very well may be fine, and it may be that it needs to be replaced. I, it's really hard for me to tell without looking at it. I've replaced shingle roofs that are a year old because they were done wrong, and I've replaced shingle roofs that are 35 years old. So it just depends. Um, but if you call my office, my guys will come out there, take a look at it for free. We don't charge anything, and we'll give you a real answer. And uh, the number at my office is 647-3907. Again, 647-3907. Thank you so much, Marshall, for that call. Thank you, everyone, today for listening. show's called In the House. Uh, it's every Saturday morning from 9 to 10. If you get a chance, check out our, my website, universalroofjacks.com. I'd be honored to be part of your next roofing, siding, or window project. 
Uh, thank you so much for listening. God bless. Take care. See you.